Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hey, where you been? Buckeye talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Ben, but <laughs> talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Man, the song that we know and we love and we can't get it out of our brain. Welcome back to Buckeye Talk. It is Doug Maurice with the man who brought that song into our lives. Mike Lewis is here for this version of Buckeye Talk. And Mike, I was thinking about this. And I want to get into your life as an Ohio State fan, your life as a musician, mm-hmm. how you came mm-hmm. to write, record, create, birth the Buckeye Talk theme song. I think, Mike, that no offense, but next to me, next to me, just because uh-huh. I've been here and I'm old, you might be the second most important person in the history of Buckeye Talk because everybody else, man, they come and go. They come and go, man. But I've been here from the get-go, and Mike, once we said, please, would someone, oh my God, would someone gift us with a theme song, and you (laughs) drop from the heavens into our lap, you are part of every Buckeye Talk, so we're so excited to have you on the podcast. Finally, Mike, do you feel like you're part of it? You're one of us, man. I do. I do. And and, and honored, as a matter of fact. You know, I had a, a, a day gig as a courier, and still do. And I was driving from Nashville to West Tennessee each night. And at the time, I think you guys were only doing one Buckeye Talk a week, right? Can you imagine back in the day when we only did one a week? What was that like? But yes, yeah. back then, that's uh, what we did. Uh, right. So I was listening to you guys as I was driving back and forth. And you were talking about having just like stock music for an intro and a close on the podcast. And I was finishing up a project, a CD project in the studio here in Nashville. And after a few weeks of thinking about it, I got in touch with you and, and just out of the blue asked, uh, would you guys be interested if I could figure this out? And you said, yeah, absolutely. And probably thought I was nuts because you and I had never talked before. And so a few months later, um, I texted you some ideas. And I thought, I, I think I even sent you a text of like me keeping time on the dashboard with some ideas. Yep. And uh, and you said, yeah, that sounds it sounds good. And I said, well, I'm going to finish it. It'll be a few weeks. Went back to the studio, laid down a guitar part, my vocal. Uh, my engineer friend, Roy Rosita, has got a hold of two Ohio natives. 
that he knows, Billy Campbell and Jason Webb, told him what I was looking for. They graciously agreed. And um, I asked Billy to put down a couple bars of the fight song on there just to kind of as a signature thing. And yep. voila, that's what you hear. Unbelievable. So we pulled it. Yeah, we pulled it off. And I think that I called you. I called you from the studio and said, this is what I got. What do you think? And you said, I'm in. I said, so I sent it to you. And away we go. It, it, it's, yeah. it's so far exceeded my expectations, Mike, because, uh, you know, people listen to Buckeye talk. I mean, what do we know? We're making it up as we go along. And this was like real. This was like a real thing with people who knew what they were doing. I almost felt uh, I'm not going to say I felt embarrassed, but it's like, man, now we have to like live up to the theme song because this is like a real theme song. And we're just a couple of jamokes sitting in a car outside of McDonald's talking about football. So um, it just, Mike, it made us feel fancy, man. I mean, it, that's what that's well, what it did. Hey, you guys are talking about my Buckeyes, number one. Secondly, you all have passion. And, you know, I could tell, Doug, that, you you know, you're striving for excellence in everything that you do. And you want people to enjoy the program and also be entertained and, and also be accurate. And that's those are just qualities I really... Um, I really admire. And I thought, well, you guys, you guys deserve an open and a close, man. You know? So, well, we are uh, motivation. We are, we are, it has become such a part of it. And Mike, I did put a call out to our tech subscribers here, our loyal uh, listeners. We love everybody who listens. We love the people who joined the tech subscription at 614-350-3315. And I said, Hey, we're having Mike on. I've heard stories over the years from people about how this theme song has become part of their lives. And so, Mike, as we talk about your your life as a Buckeye fan and your career in music, I want to drop in some of these notes, like from this tech subscriber in the 410. The theme song is what hooked me to your podcast when I was shopping around Ohio State podcasts, especially the clash wow. between the calm, soothing music and Doug's screeching voice breaking the lull. <laughs> I know it's truly football season when Doug is yelling as soon as the song is over. Um, this is this is one of those things, Mike, where this is people. This song is part of them from the 410. Hand to God, I dance in the shower to this happy little ditty that begins with a very important question. Hey, hey, where you been? With noting that our own national anthem uses that mechanism, making it the only national anthem that those begins and ends with a question. So this is like, Mike, this is the anthem of Buckeye wow. Talk Nation. Wow. Um, wow. This, is, uh, this is Ryan in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Now, Mike, this is a window, right? The Buckeye fans love it. Yep. Sometimes it gets in, it ingratiates itself because it's so catchy. With the other members of the family, the theme song drives my wife crazy, says Ryan. <laughs> she tends to think that the hey, hey, hey needs to be in Fat Albert's voice. Now, listen, gotcha. I don't want Fat Albert. I want this because this is the hey, hey, hey. This is overtaken any Fat Albert hey, hey, hey. This is from the 330. I remember at first I was resistant to the song because it's not a genre I'm usually into, but I quickly learned to like and even love it. I can't imagine Buckeye Talk starting and ending any other way. That, to me, Mike, that's one of those things where I can't imagine it either. From the 440, I love the Buckeye Talk theme song. It always puts me in a good mood. I start off my day with Buckeye Talk while out walking my dog. I do a little shimmy when it comes on and sing it out loud. 
I don't even care if people look at me funny with my headphones on and singing. Um, wow. Mike, wow. this is this is one of those things. So how? So let's get into the song, and you know, then we'll we'll talk okay. about the Buckeyes. How did it come to you? How does music get in someone's brain that then comes out their fingertips, that comes out of their their vocals? Like, how did this? How did you make this song come to be? Well, it's it's hard to explain. I don't know. I just knew that having listened to the podcast. There were a couple of things I was thinking about. One was um, sometimes you all are light and goofy and funny and other times you're serious. So I was trying to think of something that would, uh, that would work for both of those, those things, no matter what you were talking about or how you were ending the podcast. Um, that if you were, you know, on something that was kind of uh, light and funny, that it would work. And if it was serious, it would, it would uh, kind of lift the mood a little bit. I wanted something to be fun and not really campy, but just, um, just light, you know? Yeah. Um, and at the same, at the same time, um, professional and, and dignified. So that's, that's, that's the only thing, that's the only criteria I had. And I, I don't know how it came to me. It just, it just kind of did. And, you know, we originally, if you remember, <clears throat> we were talking about putting names in the intro. Mm, I was going to bring that up. This. I remember. Yeah. And, <laughs> And I had names in the introduction. And as we were finishing this, people were leaving one by one. So I finally, I think I finally called you and said, Hey, Doug, you know, this is, this is what we're going to do. So it's, it's golden, no matter who's there, it's yours. And, um, and it will, it'll stand up. So that's what we finally did. But we had names in there originally, as you recall. And so, so so Ari was already gone by the time the theme song discussion uh, started taking place. So, if people know, I think some of the "Hey, hey, where you been?" the "bin" was originally in part to rhyme with Tim, because I think it was like it's Doug, Bill, and there's Tim, Buckeye talk. Yes. Like, and there's a begin, there's a bin, there's a Tim, yeah. and so Tim Bielek. Yeah. And then I said, you know, Mike, you and I talked, and it was like, I don't know how long these chuckleheads are going to be around. I'm not going anywhere. And then Bielek gone, Landis gone, Stephen, I'm doing it by myself for a little bit. Stephen comes in. Then we get Nathan. Thank God, Mike, that you went without the names because we would have had to be you would have to be back in the studio re-recording this thing. Well, you know, it's it's amazing. I'm amazed that you remember that. But you're absolutely right. That's exactly it's exactly how it went. Um, so I, I think I think we made the right decision. I think we did. I think we did. We yeah. could have Doug. I mean, if we wanted, I mean, if you, if we did another version, Mike, and it was kind of like a, there's Doug, Doug, there's always Doug. Like I'm not. I mean, you guys can't get rid of me. There's just you, you can't get rid of me. Um, from the three, two, one during uh, Doug during the height of the pandemic, my girlfriend and I did several 12-hour drives due to work requirements, and not feeling it was safe to fly. We listened to lots of Buckeye Talk podcasts during the drive, saving them up during the week before the drive. When the theme song came on, the one not driving would pretend to play the instruments and lip sync while using their fist as a mic. I did it the first time to break up the monotony of the drive, and we started doing it with every podcast. We have a lot of fun with it and love the theme song. With most theme songs or openings, I fast forward through them, but not with the Buckeye Talk theme. Thank you, Mike, wow. for putting it together and performing it. 
That, Mike, that's what we're talking about. It is the, it is the kind of song that is ingratiated. It's not like you cut it off and ask it. You know, it's part of it. It's part of the experience, man. I don't know. I'm not. You should maybe find some sitcoms and TV shows and stuff and make some buck off. That you know, this is. <laughs> you've hit on exactly what a theme song should be, Mike. And that's. I, I. I mean, I guess you have to. I don't know if you knew it from the start, but you know this, right? You know that you hit up that your song is stinking awesome. Well, I'm glad you think so. And that was the only thing that was important to me is that you liked it. That was it. And that it worked for you, you know, and, and it's Doug, it's the first, it's the first time I've ever done anything like that. I've never write written a theme song or, or done any kind of commercial work ever. I write songs, full length songs, and that's all I've ever done. So this is my first attempt at something like this. And it was important to me because the Buckeyes are important to me and, and, and what you guys do is important as well, you know? So I'm glad uh, people liked it. They love it. From the 419, and this is interesting. You mentioned this about um, what you guys worked in at the end. I literally have listened to that theme song a hundred times, and I only just realized the Buckeye Battle Cry outro in the last couple of months. I guess I was so pumped to get you three jack in your jaws that I missed it that whole time, but now it's the best part. You You said you had that your guitarist add that little thing in there um, from the 919. I have found myself singing the Buckeye talk theme song every so often while walking around the house. This is our friend, Josh Mustachio, who sent one of the first notes back in the day about the Buckeye talk theme song. Hey, Doug, this is Josh. I would love if you could play this for Mike or tell him about Legion. That's one of Josh's sons singing the song. Legion is still singing it when he listens to Buckeye talk with me. Let Mike know that Legion is a big fan. Um, wow. that is, that is one of those things that, again, that is like, you're hitting on something here, uh, from the 919, wow. Doug, my kids ages 13 and 10 love the Buckeye talk theme. They have listened to it in the car with me since I became a faithful listener almost two years ago. However, they had never heard the theme in the normal speed until last week. I listened <laughs> to all podcasts at 1.5 or two times speed. Some people have said they really, because the 1.5, it, it like takes another tempo thing. Some people uh, listen to it at, at, at a jacked up speed. My Apple Watch will accidentally change the speed of the podcast when inadvertently bumping the button. And we stumbled onto the Buckeye Talk theme at 0 0.5. So now you sound, right, when you slow it down, then everybody sounds like they're like a drunken, like in a bar, right? Um, but uh, this is Gum Healer in North Carolina says, thanks for the memories on the Buckeye Talk uh, theme song. There's a couple others that we definitely want to get to. This is our friend Chase. I hum the song so often cleaning around the house that my girlfriend finishes the song now when she gets annoyed as a way to tell me to shut the heck up. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's great. You know, I, I, just to go ahead, you, Mike. Go ahead. I said just to give you an idea of the reach of Buckeye Talk, um, I got a text from a former neighbor of mine in Nashville uh, a few days ago who said, I understand you're going to be on Buckeye Talk next week. I said, what? I said, how would, how would, I haven't talked to you in a year, and how would you know that? He said, well, Doug sent out a, a, a blast to the subscribers wanting to know anecdotal information about the theme song. I said, oh, okay, well, that's cool. He it's, said, uh, I said, what'd you tell him? What'd you tell him? And he said, well, I told him that I heard the bootleg version before anybody else. Did. And I said, that's true. I ran it by Nick before uh, before I, I finished the song. So it was great. I was great. I was shocked. I was shocked to hear that. It was wonderful. 
Yeah, no, Nick got back to me. I was going to bring that up. I love the idea of a Buckeye Talk theme song bootleg in on the ground floor. <laughs> uh, this is one of my favorite ones. This is from Tony in Lexington, South Carolina, by way of Marion, Ohio. I often answer my door if we are hosting a party, movie night, or poker night with the intro words. So he says, hey, hey, where are you? And so, except I change Buckeye Talk to the party, the movie, the game night, wherever, that's about to begin. I have had to play the intro song so many times, and now my friends will sometimes sing it with me as I open the door. So, Mike, your words, there's a guy in South Carolina opening the door for a party and saying, hey, hey, where? It's unbelievable. He just is applying it to life. My friends often catch themselves humming the song, even though I'm down here in the Carolinas and in Clemson country. The song is just that catchy. It's just that catchy, Mike, is what we're talking about. Um, So let's so listen, I don't you know, you're you're, we're having a this is not a celebration of of Buckeye talk. We celebrate Buckeye talk every week. We love to talk about ourselves. But we are celebrating the fact that, again, Mm -hmm. like this is like your passion. And I like the fact I don't know if that meant something like. You, uh, we want to talk about how you became a musician, but you also love the Buckeyes and this kind of combined, like these are two important things in your life, right? That, that you wound up writing, writing music, which is a passion about Mm -hmm. a podcast, about a football team that is also one of your passions. It kind of brought those two together. It is. It is. I, I, I think that what you guys do is, is about as good as it gets. I mean, I've, I've never run across a podcast that's any better than what you, what you're doing. I think your um, your insightfulness, Doug, and and the the deep dives that you do are interesting. Um, you're thoughtful. You're curious, and um, those are just qualities that that uh, that are are just terrific. Um, and, and no matter what the profession is, but especially in something that I'm passionate about and I grew up with, um, I just thought that um, you know it was just a natural it was a natural thing for me to do and it came it came pretty easy. And Billy Campbell, I got to tell you, Billy Campbell, the electric guitar player who is um, uh, from Reynoldsburg, <clears throat> plays with Low Cash, a country group, and Jason Webb, the keyboard player uh, from Dayton. Uh, both those guys are A-list uh, musicians, and they they really kind of did the vibe on that song. So I just want to make sure that they get the credit that's due them. I mean, they, they just they were they were terrific. So. so so there's guys in this studio when you guys recorded, there's multiple Ohio natives and, and Ohio State fans in there putting this thing together. Yeah, well, the well, actually, we sent we sent them out uh, Billy Campbell and Jason Webb. Uh, we sent uh, uh, we sent the song out to them. They did it externally. Uh, the bass player. I did my part in the studio, uh, guitar and vocal bass player did his part. And uh, the engineer, Roy Rositas, is uh, actually a percussionist, and he did the uh, percussion in the studio as well. Yeah. Uh, what, so how does it? How long does it take to put something like that together, Mike? Again, you kind of offered some different cuts. You had the intro, you had the outro. What what kind of man hours go into uh, putting putting that Buckeye Talk theme song together? Good question. I don't know. We kind of did a piecemeal, Doug. So I, I was I was trying to finish up my project. So in in the um, the spare time that we had, we would go in there and work on it a little bit. I, I would say probably uh, it took Billy a day, took Jason a day. Um, I'd say probably it took us probably about a week, I guess, a week okay. to, to finish it up once we started on it. Yeah, you know? that's crazy. We appreciate that work, yeah. man. 
This is one. This yeah. is one from our friend Rob in Kentucky that I really wanted to read uh, to you, Mike. My two mm-hmm. oldest boys are nine and eight years old. On the way to and from baseball games, we would always listen to a portion of a Buckeye talk. They are pretty novice Buckeye fans, but on their way. Of course, their favorite part is the intro song. It's about a 15-minute drive to games, and there were times that I played the song on repeat the entire way to games so they could (laughs) sing along. Then they would just randomly start singing it in the dugout during games. That is Rob in Kentucky. Uh, he, I told Rob that I would mention his note. He said, and he said back and said, when I told them they were going to be referenced on the pod, they insisted they were going to wake up early so they can hear it as soon as it drops. They think they oh, are celebrities. So those are our friends, Bobby and Simon in Kentucky. Bobby and Simon singing Mike Lewis's Buckeye Talk theme song in the dugouts of their baseball games, Mike. And random, wow. a wow. random kids baseball game in Kentucky singing your song, Mike, that's about as uh, good of a tribute as I can think of. Are you surprised? I mean, does it surprise uh, the response surprise you? So I love the song. It is too good for our podcast. It is so stinking catchy. I am amazed sometimes that like more than six people listen to this podcast. So I like whenever this hits too, it's kind of both of us are kind of like writing Mike experiencing this at the same time. It's like, what? You know, like it shocks shocks me that like, oh, you're in Tennessee driving around and you listen to our podcast. It's like, what do people actually listen to this? And then the idea that there are people in Kentucky and California and on in the Philippines and on the other side of the world and everywhere in Ohio and everywhere in the Midwest listening to this. I mean, I I still can't wrap my head around it, Mike. Right. So I mean that. But but to me, once you hear your song, it sticks with you. I do think it's like a great jingle. It's like a great it's like any great thing. It takes it's it's 25 seconds, but it gets in you. So I'm not surprised from that part, Mike, because I do think it's an exceptional little ditty. Well, I'm, I'm glad you think so, Doug. I mean, we we just I, I'm just honored. I'm honored that I mean, the response is just incredible. What a well, I'm just I'm absolutely shocked. It's yeah. wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. It's, it's, yeah. it's kind of nice when you do a little thing that, like, you know, you realize that, you know, it kind of has a little impact on people. That's the thing that we do, I think, Mike, that I think when you're in describing the song, you have captured what we try to do here, which is like, listen, it's sports. It's supposed to be fun. But yet, on the other hand, there are times when it's like, listen, there's a standard at Ohio State. This really matters to people. You try to hold people to a high standard. Ohio State reaches yep. that high standard a lot of the time when there are times that we feel like, certain individuals or or something is not reaching that standard, we, we'll critique it, but it's supposed to be fun. And I think that what you said about the song, that is part of it, because there are times when we've had to talk about very serious subjects uh, on this podcast. And I have never once thought to myself, you know what, I can't play the theme song. This is too serious because it's not so it's not like a circus song. You know what I mean? But also right. it, it gets you it puts you right in the mood for what the podcast is most of the time which is trying to have a good time. So I think you have threaded the needle on that on that sometimes. Because listen, if we're talking about, you know, the Urban Meyer, Zach Smith situation, and if you had done like, you know, it's like a monkey and an accordion and a lot we would it would be like, well, that's not appropriate. But that's not what you did. You somehow managed to, to write something that I think conveys enthusiasm and having a good time, but also, as you said, is grounded and is like, is is musical in a way that, it's not flippant. So I think you, again, you hit on, you hit it on all in every way, Mike. Well, that's quite a compliment. Thank you. I mean, I, 
gave it a lot of thought and, and wanted to make sure there would be something you could use no matter what the subject was, you know, I mean, even during COVID and all the, you know, how serious that's been. I mean, that was, a, I held my breath a lot of times when I listened because you didn't know how that was going to work, but, yep. um, and you guys, you guys make it work too. You know, it's important how you handle it as well. I think you, you guys do a great job. So. Again, we've talked about some of the people, and I, and again, you're so you musicians are so collaborative like this. I, I know um, this is part of what being a musician is. Just again for everybody, you would send along the people involved: Billy Campbell on the electric guitar, Jason Webb yep. on the piano and the organ, Josh Emmons on the bass, Rory Rositas on percussion, and then Mike, you're the acoustic guitar, the vocal, and the composer. Cut and mm-hmm. mixed at Omni Sound Studios on Music Row in Nashville. So okay. that's part of this too, Mike. That so, and I and I want to get into this. You know what? Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back on the other side on Buckeye Talk. And I just think the idea of, of of chasing musical dreams in Nashville is just in itself so inspiring and interesting to me. We'll talk about that next with our good friend Mike Lewis, the creator of the Buckeye Talk theme song. Doug Maurice back with Mike. So, Mike, what what what? When did you? Move to Nashville, and what led you to decide that you were going to do that and uh, and and do this with your life? Well, there are a couple of things. One is I I had a good friend, family friend that uh, uh, I was around in Columbus uh, by the name of Gene Cotton, who was a singer songwriter. Gene had a bunch of hits in uh, the seventies and eighties, and he was here in town. And I've been in and out of Nashville for years. I was actually working, Doug, with uh, the New York Times Company in Scranton, Pennsylvania. They had uh, the New York Times had a, a, a television group. And the Northeast Pennsylvania Boys and Girls Club was about to close for lack of money. Okay. And I talked to the I talked to the general manager of the station. I said, you know what, let's let's think about maybe doing a, a charity CD. I, I write some music and I'd, I'd, I'd like to go ahead and maybe do a six song CD and see if we can raise some money for them. What do you think about that? And she said, that sounds like a good idea. So I got the songs together, came to Nashville and uh, Gene helped me uh, with the studio and, and musicians and everything. We cut the CD and went back to Pennsylvania and we raised $80,000 Wow. Um, through the CD uh, sales and um, uh, gave that to the, the Northeast uh, Pennsylvania Boys and Girls Club. So that was kind of the genesis for all this. And I've been writing since then um, and and made the move down here in 2014, I think. Uh, but I've been in and out of Nashville for about 20 years. So Is that when you're in a place like Matt, like Nashville, is it inspiring to be surrounded by such musical talent all the time in the musical scene there? Is it all intimidating to be surrounded by musical talent all the time? Because I have not spent a lot of time in Nashville, um, but I went, my daughter and I went uh, a couple falls ago on a bye week. And I think I've been on, you know, that music row there in, Ma- in Nashville maybe twice. Uh-huh. And, and, and I'm just saying with anybody who has been to Nashville and anybody who has never been to Nashville, you've got to go at least once. You just walk into any bar, any restaurant, on that strip, right? And you hear somebody yep. singing original music that sounds like it could be on the radio tomorrow. And they and there are three floors in this restaurant and there's somebody different on every floor. And then you go to the next restaurant or bar and it's the same thing. And the talent is just overwhelming. And it is oozing out of there, Mike. And so I think even to go, even to take your shot 
in a place like that. You have to have such a baseline level of talent and passion and drive. Um, what's it like to be around that scene on any level? Well, I came in, I came into Nashville, not really having a clue um, what I was doing. And I just, I, I was fortunate in being surrounded by people that, um, that were kind and gratiating and embracing. And I've just, I went to school when I got here. I just, it was like going to school. Um, the, the producer I worked with was Steve Gibson, who's a guitar player and producer. And, um, I mean, he's worked on stuff with George Harrison and George Strait and Randy Travis. I mean, he's just a, an amazing guy. And I learned, uh, he was, the, he was kind of my mentor when I got here. Um, and through him was just introduced to, a, a just a host of players and people that, um, I've been very fortunate to work with. Um, and I think that, you know, the low, lower broad is what you were talking about, Doug. And that's, that's, that's that whole area where, where everybody's playing each night and it's kind of a touristy area. Um, and the, the amount of talent in town is just overwhelming. It's unbelievable. Um, for me, I never wanted to be a country music star and I wasn't really country. I was more, I don't know, more Americana or more pop than country. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I wanted to write. I mean, my whole the thing that the thing that jazzed me about Nashville was that there was everybody was about music. There were writers, there are players, there are producers, and everybody's just has a level, a skill set that's just amazing. Um, and I wanted to be able to contribute in a way that uh, I wanted to know how records were made, what made them pop, what the magic was you know, why people did this and how to get this sound and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, and kind of combine that with writing and hopefully create something that people would be interested in. Um, and that's kind of, that's kind of what I'm doing here. I'm, I'm just about writing and I'm doing my own music until somebody else does basically. And that's kind of what you have to do. You, you sent along a piece uh, you, that you said you pitched to Garth Brooks last year. We're going to play that with your permission at the oh, end wow. of this Buckeye talk so people can get a sense of that. Sure. What's that process like, Mike, when you have a song that you think has something to it? Um, how do you try to get it out in the world when you say you, you, you try, you know, you pitch this to Garth Brooks, do you send over just the music? Do you send over you having recorded it with, with everybody? And here's, here's what it sounds like. And, and how do you even take the first step to try to get your music? And obviously you're very talented at this. How do you even, what's the step to try to get it in front of the eyes and ears of, of somebody who might decide to, to make it? Well, it's changed so much, Doug, because you used to be able to go to various people in town and play a song that you're writing. You could do a, just a guitar and a vocal. Um, but right now, that's not happening. People are so concerned about copyright infringement that uh, nobody takes nobody takes any unsolicited music. So for somebody like me who doesn't really have any juice in town, I don't have a hit song. I'm an unknown. So there, there are three ways you can do it. One is you can hire an entertainment attorney to represent you who people know in town. They've got a rep. Um, two, you can get a deal with a publisher who will represent your catalog of songs. They will pitch your songs to other labels, managers, or directly to the artist if they know them, or you have to have a personal relationship with the artist. So those okay. are really the only three options that you have. For me, for, with Trail of Tears, 
I had a friend of mine in town who knows Garth Brooks manager, Bob Doyle. Um, and I had, I've done that song several times live in town and based on the audience reaction and the message of the song, he thought that Garth would be interested as well as his fan base. He's from Oklahoma and has a great social sensibility. So he called uh, Garth's manager, sent a follow-up letter, a lyric sheet and a song and let him know also, and this is important too, let him know that he had no vested interest in the song or the artist. In other words, he had no money in the song, no money in the artist. He was pitching it simply because he thought it was a good song. So, I mean, generally when people pitch songs, they're getting some money in the song. They either okay. part of the song, part of the song, or they're a publishing company that will take 50% of the publishing. Okay. But in this case, there was no there was no financial interest. He had no financial interest in the pitch at all. I think process is so interesting of how you go about something like this, because a lot, you know, on the back end, whether it's a movie or a book or a song or a piece of art or a podcast or anything, a TV show, we see the end product. And I'm just fascinated. I'm like, how do you get from there's an idea in somebody's brain to something that other people can consume and enjoy and like all the steps involved in that. Um, do you find it, how, what do you think of the whole process, Mike? You sort of outlined how you go about it. It, it seems like you've, you have these ideas, right? That you, you have this ability to create music and come up with songs and lyrics. Are, what do you think of the process of trying to get it out to somebody? Are you frustrated by it? Is this actually, just, you know, is it just the way it is and it's part of your business and it's part of your daily life and no big deal? This is how you do it. How, how do you deal with that? Well, uh, coming up with the product is one thing, then marketing it and doing the business part of it's another thing. I, uh, to be candid, I really haven't had to consider the business part of it too much yet uh, because they don't have a cut. Uh, once I get a cut, then I'm going to have to be thinking about publishing. I'm going to have to think about royalties and all that. And I'll deal with that as it comes, but trying to get music to artists and managers right now is extremely difficult and frustrating. Um, but I think it'll come Doug. And the thing that I've been working on is trying to get a catalog together and get enough songs together. So when somebody finally wants a song and finds something that they, that they like and wants to cut, uh, generally what happens is they want to see other songs. In other words, if you have a hit song, somebody's going to say, well, what else do you have? Oh. You go through a catalog, you go through a catalog. So I want to make sure that, you know, I just keep cutting music and writing and hopes that when something finally hits, there will be other things that somebody will be interested in as well. And I'll have enough of a history and a, and a catalog that people will be interested in that. How many songs have you written at this point that, that are like finished products that you would have in that catalog of yours? Probably, I don't know, uh, 50, 75. <laughs> it's always, I, I, I never know what the answer is going to be. Cause if you would have said 12, I would have been like, wow, that's awesome. You've written 12 songs and <laughs> you're saying it's 50 to 75. I can't imagine Mike. That's a, that's an unbelievable repeatable creative process that you have Roland to even do something like that. Well, I have, I have, I've cut about six CDs. So there, there may be eight to 12 songs on each one of those. And then there are songs that I haven't cut that, that, that are finished as well. And I've, I'm working, we're working on a new project in September. And I've got eight brand new songs that we're about ready to cut. So, you know, the, 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 the standard line is that every writer has a hundred bad songs in them. And, <laughs> 
And, and the goal is to get those hundred bad songs out early. Uh, unfortunately, I recorded a few of them, um, but <laughs> but um, you know, hopefully you you weed through those and you edit those out as you go. But uh, I, I've written some real clunkers for sure. I've I've heard the same said about podcasters, and I think I have a hundred plus <laughs> bad, bad podcasts out there in the world. Mike, this is how uh, we do it on Buckeye Talk, and you know that. I'm just uh, We just do it raw. We do it live. The things that you should do off mic, we do on mic. I'm now envisioning yep. in my head what something would look like that is a Mike Lewis concert in Columbus interspersed with a little Buckeye football talk um, and how oh. we could do a live show for the good people where we let everybody hear more than just a 30-second theme song from you and we make it a combined uh football music experience and uh if you're interested maybe we could talk about that off mic but that's just where my head's at i just was double checking mike you know that you had enough songs to be able to carry us through something like that but i think i don't think we'd ask you to play all 75 songs that night so i think we'd be okay well let me tell you something it would be the first time that i played live in columbus since i left so, so that intrigues was, you right are you kidding are you kidding me Absolutely, man. I'd bring, I'd bring a couple of fellows up with me and we would, uh, I think it would be wonderful. All right. I'll yep. get my people with your people. First, I have to get some people and then I'll have my people <laughs> meet with your people and we'll figure it out. But I'll, I'll, I'll find some people here while you're finding some people there, Doug. I, I like it. I like it. All right. We'll take one more quick break right. and we'll come back and talk about Mike Lewis, the Ohio State fan, next on Buckeye Talk. Doug Maurice back with our friend Mike Lewis, the creator of the Buckeye Talk theme song. And again, if you'll be a tech subscriber at 614-350-3315. Mike, how did you come to love Ohio State football? Well, um, my father worked for WBNS when I was a kid in okay. the heyday of radio. Um, all the st- it was when all the stations covered the uh, they they covered the the games. They ran the games each Saturday. Um, Woody Hayes was up at the station frequently. And for some reason, my parents became good friends with uh, his wife, Anne. Um, and I have, I have pictures of Mrs. Hayes um, at the house with me as a toddler. And uh, it was just ingratiated in our family. Um, my uh, dad went to OSU. Uh, uncle went to OSU. Sister was a graduate of Miami, Ohio. Uh, my mom was uh, a teacher. She went to Otterbein and, um, and everybody was a Buckeye fan. And my mother was a sports fan in the, in the family. She took me to my first game when I was about five or six years old as a shoe. Wow. That is yeah. awesome. And so you just grew up with it. Yep. It was in I your did. life just before. Okay. Okay. Who, yep. Who's the, who's the, the player or the team or the coach that you really, related to the most mike is it is it one of those woody teams from your youth is it is it another team later on as you got older what what, what's your favorite buckeye team that's a great question i i can tell you my favorite player yeah uh, was was keith byers oh keith byers love keith i yep i i can't tell you specifically why other than i just love the way he handled himself on the field and and off the field as well he was he was just a, a, a runner that I just, I mean, I, I, he was always interesting to watch. He caught the ball and he was just, he was terrific. He was my favorite player. Um, you know, as, as far as a coach, I don't know. 
I mean, I've admired them all for different reasons, yeah. I suppose. But, yeah, I don't really have a favorite coach. What, what do you think of this era here that we're in, Mike? This And we're coming up to this time where, uh, you know, Nathan and Steve and I are going to be making our predictions for this season. And everybody knows I'm old nine and three, Doug, from a couple years ago. And 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 but listen, <laughs> it, it is just it is just really reached the point, Mike, with the way Ohio State is recruiting. I think the belief that people have in Ryan Day as an offensive play caller um, and that just the rest of the Big Ten is just is just not there with an overall talent level compared to Ohio State. You know, it just gets harder to look for even sort of reasonable losses. Now, I'm not trying to jinx anybody and, and nobody goes undefeated every single year. But w- what do you think of this? Um, you know, I mean, you're talking about Keith Byers, right? I mean, it, it, he's a yep. great player, but that was an era where Ohio State wasn't going undefeated. Every so year under Earl three. Bruce back was, then. That was your nine. That was your nine and three team. Right yeah, I, I missed. I would yeah. have been a back then. I would have been a genius. Everyone would have been yeah. like Doug. Doug Maurice gets Earl Bruce's record right every single year. <laughs> um, it's but amazing. What is, what, where we are now, Mike? I, I think because I just looked it up for something else. I mean, Urban Meyer's Urban or er, no, since Urban Meyer took over, they're ninety-five and six in the regular season. You know, not Big wow. Ten championship, not bowl games or playoffs. Ninety-five and six. It's just like it's it's just almost any loss, you know, before a, a bowl game or a playoff is like shocking. What what's that like from your perspective as somebody who's been an Ohio State fan for decades? I don't know how the coaches live under that kind of pressure. I mean, right now, the way that we what we've gotten used to is that we just don't lose, period. Any loss is just, you know, egregious. And I, I it's an amazing era for Ohio State football. And we have a we have a quarterback that we've never seen before live in the game. I mean, and our expectation is what? No losses this season? Yep. Really? I mean, uh, it's just it's it's unbelievable, Doug. I, I, I don't really know what to expect this season. I know that, you know, we're hoping for no losses, but I, I don't know if that's reasonable or not. You know? Yeah, no, it is. It's just it's just a, it's reached a very strange place where. You know, I, I don't think we're at the po- point where, like, if Ohio State doesn't win the national title, people are disappointed because that's like kind of Bama level. So it's not quite Bama level, but there is that expectation that, well, you're just going to be in the playoff, or, like at the very least the playoff mix, probably in the playoff. And then you take your shot and uh, it's just rarefied air, man. It's just rarefied air. Yeah. And we're expected to get there, aren't we? I mean, it, aren't Ohio State fans expecting Ohio State to get into that that rarefied air where they're, you know, if they don't win a national championship, it's a. The season's no good. We are going to get to that point, Mike, you know? where if Ryan Day, you know, if Ryan Day doesn't win a title in the next, you know, two or three years, it's going to be like, what's wrong with this guy? You know, they're like, he's done yeah. everything right so far, but like, that's all that's left. And it's like, all right, well, they lost in the semifinal the first year. They lost the national title game the next year. We are going to get to the point. I'm almost curious to see. I think he'll get one. As we talked about on the podcast last week, you know, 2023 is looking like such a stupendous peak of Ohio State talent that and that's right, right around the corner but uh yeah that's all that's left Tress, I mean, Ryan he's done everything else Tress, right yeah Tress won early and Urban won early and they're and everybody's expecting Ryan to do the same I guess and it does it changes you know? and, I, and I've, I've sort of used that with Chris Holtman a little bit that it's like if you win early it just gives you a runway then for everything else right and so yeah. but but people and, and I'm not trying to put anything on Ryan because I don't think Ryan feels it Ryan did feel it 
some level of pressure with the Michigan game and coming into that and not being from Ohio and the, the, the unbelievable success Ohio State's had in the Michigan game to win 15 out of the last 16. I know he felt that. He and I talked about that. He talked about that publicly, that he felt that. I don't know that he feels it on a national scale because I think he thinks, you know what, we're as good as anybody and we'll get it, right? But I think I think on a local level, just the fact that he's not an Ohio guy and he wanted to make sure that, that he – made the Michigan game as important as a quote outsider as it was to everybody who grows up in it. And so that I know he absorbed, but I think Ryan day believes that they are as coached as well, as well as any team in the country. And they have as much talent as any team in the country. And I think he knows one is coming. And and I think if not this year, if not next year, I think we're all going to be talking about 2023 um, when we get to that point for sure. Yeah, I I think you're right. You know, we were talking about coaches earlier. I I, I meant to, I meant to tell you, 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 you asked me who my favorite coach was, and I was I was thinking about the story of of, of Urban. Um, uh, do you have do you have do you have time for me to tell this real quick? Absolutely. Yeah. So um, uh, Nick, who was my neighbor here in Nashville, um, was also a neighbor to a, a guy by the name of Doug Langston. He was assistant coach on the opposing team in the Blind Side story. Remember that movie uh, yep. about Michael Orr? Okay. Yep. So Doug later went on to win the state championship as a coach and went on to teach and coach at BGA in Franklin, which is battleground Academy. It's a very prestigious school in, in Franklin, South of Nashville. Um, he was a huge Woody Hayes fan, liked Ohio state as well, watched Ohio state, followed them despite being a lifelong uh, university of Tennessee and SEC fan. Um, he developed Hodgkin's lymphoma in 2016. And at the time, I wrote, just out of the blue, I wrote a long letter to Coach Meyer, explained who Doug was, and asked if he could jot a note of encouragement to a fellow coach. Two weeks later, Doug came to the door, was grinning ear to ear, and and said that, uh, hey, guess what? I got a full-length letter from Coach Meyer. I said, said, really? He said, yeah, I wonder how that happened. I said, I had no idea, laughing. And he never asked, you know, anything more than that about the letter. Never, never said what was in the letter. Doug never told me. It was just a, a private communication between two coaches that stayed private. Uh, and two months later, uh, Doug had a stroke and, and was gone. Uh, wow. But Co- Coach Meyer's letter was an amazing boost uh, for this guy and uh, just a really an amazing gesture on his part. Um, and and I was just I was very I was knocked out by the fact that Coach Meyer took the time to do that and and what it meant to this fellow coach. Um, he was a very 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 special guy. So I just I don't I've never told that story before and I always I wanted to if I had the chance because I thought it spoke uh, spoke very well to Coach Meyer. You know. Well, it's one of those things, Mike. I think we we learn. And, and there's a lot of things I think that people in places like that do that we never find out about, right? But that that the yeah. stuff that you do sort of in the shadows when there's not a camera and there's not a microphone in front of you and you're just relating to people on a human basis and you're taking that time um, to do that, I think is what tells us about people kind of more than anything. And again, and again, that's the kind of thing that those are like the Woody stories, right? That people have over over the years, all the things that Woody would do that people didn't know about. I know Coach Tressel did a lot of that stuff as well. And and to hear a story about that, like about Urban Meyer, I think it's uh, 
I think it's the kind of thing that that is uh, really important, and and sometimes we just don't know about it. So thank you for sharing that, man. Sounds like a yeah, song, coach to coach. <laughs> Not that every emotional thing. See, that's what I would do if I were a songwriter. I'd be like, hey, this thing happened in my life that kind of was emotional, and I'm going to write a song about it. But I probably that's probably not what you do, Mike. You've got to find the right stuff. So don't listen, don't listen to me. I would be coming up. Oh, I'm going to start sending you letters, Mike. I got a song idea. Hey, Mike, I got a song idea. You're in trouble now because I'm full of that ideas. And I'm sending them your way. Bring it on. When's your When's your book being released? By the way, Mike. You've been too kind. First, you talk about how much you like the podcast. Now you are promoting my book. This is supposed <laughs> to be us thanking you. September 14th, available for free sale on Amazon right now. And, Mike, by the way, there is a Keith Byers chapter in there. And I would tell you that it was just for you, except I didn't know he was your favorite player. Um, but you Keith can still, you can, you, Yeah, you can still tell me that, though. Yeah, no, Mike. I'll I, look, I'll, in a sense, <laughs> in a sense, he was your guy. I will look forward to that. I'll look forward to it. September 14th. Got it. September 14th. Um, Mike, All right. we, you are, you are, so, I mean, like, again, for the people listening who think that song is part of their life, and it is, I mean, I sit in this basement, Mike, and I record these podcasts, and every single one, I record that podcast, and then I grab that audio clip, and I drop that in, and I do like to play with it at the beginning, where I start the audio, sometimes I let it it's right after the last word you sing. Sometimes I let it go for another second or two, but it's part of me, man. It is absolutely part of me. And if it stunk, that would be really bad for me if I was like, oh, God, this sucks. <laughs> but I love it, and I love it, and I love you for doing it for us, and I love what you've done uh, for our listeners that, that we have something that, that they can do that. It connects. That's what music does, Mike, at its best. It connects yep. people, and you have connected well, a vast audience of Ohio State fans to this silly little podcast, and you have done it through your music, and for that, we are forever grateful, my friend. Well, what Nathan, Stephen, and, and you guys do is just is amazing. It's a pleasure to be a part of it, and uh, just trying to make Columbus proud, Doug. You're <laughs> doing it, man. It's been a long man. haul, but, it, but it, it's not over yet. No, Hopefully no. We'll so we got we'll get this concert planned and uh we'll uh we'll keep rooting you on and we I would I really want to do this now. I really want to do this and have a Mike Lewis show uh with a little buckeye talk thrown in. So we will work on that. That'd be awesome. Now and we will make an exception to the rule instead of dropping in this outro that you gave us. We're going to leave mm-hmm. not with the outro of Buckeye Talk. This is the one rare exception. We're going to leave with Trail of Tears. Is that is that that's the name of the song? The song is you... Trail of Tears. Yep. Okay. We will leave with that and give people a sense of of all your skills, Mike. So again, great talking to you. Thank you so much for what you've done, and uh, and we will make sure we don't have such a long break, and and, and we'll talk to you again soon, my friend, and we'll plan this concert. Good. It's a, a delight and an honor, Doug, and I look forward to seeing you guys at, at some point. That would be great. Sounds good. All right. Get ready for Trail of Tears. On behalf of Mike Lewis, I'm Doug Maurice, and that was Buckeye Talk. In the hills of Oklahoma stands a man about six foot five in stature. 
said it was a long descendant of the ones that they murdered and put on a trail. Choctaw, Chickasaw, Cherokee, Creek, Seminole. Said they took him from a land called Sunshine. Gotta get religion sometime. The people say they take him away. They drove him like cattle on a cold, cold day. They took us to a place they said no man to get to. Ain't gotta worry about no home. Passed along to leave us alone and give us some land of our own. Gave us some bingo and our own reservation While the man laid his rails, no hesitation Ain't nothing here but the final destination Of the ones they call Five of the, the friendliest nations Stands a man upon a hill They put his picture on a $20 bill Said he was a hero of the war before But God only knows why he shut the door On the Choctaw, Chickasaw, Cherokee, Greece, Seminole Said America got to be free Killing the brave is the way it's gotta be Said they ain't got no godly fear They never said nothing about the mothers All the daughters walking on the trail of tears They took us to a place they said no man to get to Ain't gotta worry about no home Passed along to leave us alone And give us some land of our own They gave us some bingo and our own Reservation, while man laid his rails, no hesitation. Ain't nothing here but the final destination of the ones they call five of the, the friendliest nations. Choctaw, Chickasaw, Cherokee, Greek, Seminole. 